Hi, my name is Jay Paul. You're listening to the Jay Paul Hernandez podcast, powered by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. Do you have business plans? Do you think that you're limited by your knowledge or what people put you in? Or you think you are more than what you are? You are capable of not just being successful in your ministry, but also in in a lot of areas of your life. And this is what I have learned from my mentor, my Ninong, and my leader from Light of Jesus family, Brother Bo Sanchez. He is the founder of Truly Rich Club, and it is one of the biggest or best online membership subscription clubs in the Philippines and out there in the world. And what I love is they're really helping people. I've seen so many testimonies of people becoming millionaires from his maid at the Gina and just a lot of people just swearing by how Brother Bo and his business help. And that's really the core of business. It's adding value and helping people. It's not just taking money. And that's why I really wanted him to guest on this podcast. And without further ado, hi, Brother Bo. Hi, Jay Paul. An honor to be with you today. Thank you so much for inviting me. So thank you so much for saying yes. Brother Bo, um, you have thousands of members in Truly Rich Club, and I believe it started as you helped them with their stock market journey. What is it today? Because you've grown. You have multiple membership, different versions. So what is it now today? What's Truly Rich Club today? Yeah, we, we live by our motto. Our, our motto is very, very simple. It says, helping good people become rich. So our target market would be the very people who motivated me to start it from the very beginning, 13 years ago. So actually, I need to bring you back. You know, like years, years ago, I was a single missionary and uh, I was serving God with, with joy. I was poor, loving the poor, serving the poor, had all sorts of wrong mindsets about thinking that money was bad and that business was bad and all of that. And then I, I went through a shift and the shift was caused by number one, I really wanted to help people. And that 50% of the time, people who asked for prayers from me were people who had financial problems and I could not advise them. I could not help them in any way. I could just pray for them. And that really was such a difficult time, you know, just watching people going through their financial difficulties and, and I could only pray for them. It was it was just so difficult for me. There was another pain. The other pain was this. I had fellow missionaries who were once upon a time single, like me, but then they got married and now they had a baby, two babies. And then I was looking at them and I knew these people. They were really, really sincere, loving God, pure hearted, but they could not put food on the table. Every day they have to pray for, you know, a blessing because, you know, if somebody gets sick, then, then they have no way. You know, they go through those difficulties. The father gets sick. They have to bring to the hospital. The father is now in the hospital. They have no money for the medicine. They have no money to, to actually pay the bill. These were my friends, my missionary friends. And then at that time, I wanted to get married also. So I was looking at my future and I was telling myself, so this is going to be my life. If God wants my life to be like that, okay lang, you know, really? I mean, sure. But then in the back of my mind, I was saying, really? This is what God wants me to go through? And mm, so I had definitely. to clarify certain things in my mind that celibacy is a wonderful call. And yes, people who are celibate 
especially those who live in consecrated communities, they can actually take on the vow of poverty. But married people, people with children, I think the call of God for them is not poverty. Maybe it is some type of, you know, make being a great steward of the blessings of God. And so I believe that for people who are married, people who have kids, the call is not poverty, but generosity. And so, so that's where it all began. So the Truly Rich Club, I'm sorry for giving a very long answer. I love it. But <laughs> when we started the Truly Rich Club, we just wanted to change financial mindsets. The mindset of this good people that I wanted to help. Jay Paul, when you start a business, many times, not always, but many times you want to serve people like you yeah. because you know you. And so you look for customers like yourself. Not all the businesses, but many of them. And I, I fall into that. I was thinking to myself, gosh, there's so many good people out there who want to love God, who want to be, remain close to God, but they have no idea how money works. They have, no, they have really bad, distorted mindset about money. And uh, I'm going to help them. That was number one in my mind. I put at the Truly Rich Club and I started reformatting, giving them a new software in their brain of how to think about money and how to think about savings and how to think about debt and how to think. So number one, financial mindset. Number two, financial literacy. So I really think those are two parts yeah. where you can have very good financial literacy, like you know how money works, but you still have subconscious beliefs about money that are negative. I think it won't work also. So you need both. You need a healthy relationship with money that comes from a positive financial mindset. You also need financial literacy. You know, how does money actually work? And how does debt work? You know, and why is it bad? Why are there two kinds of debt, good debt and bad debt, you know, and, and all of that. So those are the two things that are part of the Truly Rich Club. And part of financial literacy is investing. So we, you know, God took me through a journey of learning how to invest in the stock market to the point where I decided, okay, I'm going to teach people how to do it. But with the help of my mentors, that was what happened in the Truly Rich Club. We started teaching people to invest in the stock market and it's been wonderful. It's just been helping so many people who did not know how to do it now know how to do it. The fourth part we help people in the Truly Rich Club is entrepreneurship, just opening their minds that, hey, why not have multiple income streams? Why just have one? You know, you can keep your day job but earn something on the side. And so we inspire people, we challenge people, we give people ideas on how to do it. We give them resources. We, we give them a, a bunch of mentors that they can be inspired with. So, so that's where we are in the Truly Rich Club. I love it, Brother Bo. And, you know, I've met, you know, people in your platinum circle and this is really people who have started investing in the stock market through Trilogy Club and they are really wonderful people. They are not only on their path to be rich, but also very kind, if that makes sense. They're good people. <laughs> good people trying to help good people become rich. And, and Brother Bo, so you've had that, you have positive mindset and then literacy. I'm sure... The original prototype of Trilogy Club is not 
that? What was the original idea? And then how did it become like this? Because a lot of entrepreneurs think, oh, that great idea, that good idea in your head or aspiring entrepreneurs, that's it. It's so beautiful. They fall in love so much with the concept more than the process. So if it doesn't work out, they really get hurt or they give up. So can you share what the original thoughts and how it evolved to how many versions right now of True Rich Club? I love what you said. You have to fall in love with the process, not the stage you are in, not the packaging that you are in right now. Because as the years go by, you will just have, you know, if you, the goal is to serve the customer, then, you know, the landscape will change, the environment will change, the customer themselves will change. So how can you serve the customer? So the only thing that will not change is loving the customer. So if that's the only thing that will not change, everything else will. The process, the product, the service, et cetera, and the system. So at the very, very start, I remember we had 50 members and we said, okay, we're going to serve these 50 members by me writing an article, an essay, and then sending it out to them. I remember I said, okay, I'm going to also inspire them with a daily email, but it's going to be just one line. It's going to be called God Whispers. And I'm, I'm going to send it to them. And then I'm, I said, okay, I think I'll, I should send them also a video of one of my talks. And uh, that's already there. So that was just it. It was, it was very simple. And we were happy. The customers were happy. And, and then that's when we started to keep on growing. I knew that at a certain point, we kind of like leveled off to about 700 members. And uh, that was when we said, maybe there's something else we can do. That's a very good question for an entrepreneur. It's like, mm-hmm. what else do they need? How else can I serve them? And so we realized that people really needed hand-holding in terms of investing in the stock market. Like they, It's almost like they're saying, Brother Bo, can you tell, just tell us what stock to buy on a regular basis? Like every month, <laughs> you email me and tell me what stock to buy. I have no time to study the stock market. I, I, ju- I just want to do it. And it's passive. I mean, meaning to say it's long-term. Anyway, I don't want to trade. And, and we, we said, yeah, that, that's right. You're, you're busy with your business. You're busy with your job. So let's just do long-term investing. So we started doing that, you know, emailing people and telling them uh, what stock to buy, what stock to sell, etc. So we created the strategic averaging method. It's called, uh, we give them a table of maybe 10 to 12 to 15 stocks. These are the recommended stocks. We give them a buy below price. We give them a target price. Very interesting, Jay Paul, because recently we even fine-tuned it even more because people were saying, thank you for these 10, 12, 15 stocks, but Brother Bo, simplihan mo ba? Because I mean, out of the 10, what, what will I buy? What will I actually buy? So we... Recently, I, I think I started three months ago. I said, okay, this is Bo's portfolio. Every month, I tell you what stock I buy for my portfolio. You know, wow. this month, I'm going to buy these two stocks. So we really, you know, try to adjust and, and people are happy. People are saying, okay, I like that. <laughs> just, just give me the two stocks that I need to buy for this month. So, and then I say, this is what I buy. So, you know. You know, if, if you lose, I lose. <laughs> if I win, you win. And, and so it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've been morphing and transforming as the years have gone by. 
I really thank you for teaching us the stock market. I don't think I'll be in like my trajectory, not just in the stock market, but in the financial area. I mean, because I only wanted motivation at first when I started, you know, serving, preaching. But then I realized, teka, talaga importante yung pera. And I mean, Brother Bo, I just want to say thank you because... I get to disciple my employees and I really enjoy it. I mean, just talking to them. It's when you share your stories to the slums, your stories in the slums. It's like, I feel it when I'm like asking our employees, like your helper namin or driver, kamusta ka yung ganyan? Sige, wag mong gasosin yung pera. I guess it's just an, a different route, but the same same passion and share this because I got, I th- the, the idea sprouted from my mind that every morning, when I wake up, when I pray, I just think about, Lord, how can I give my staff a better life? I want them to retire with me. They won't be poor. They, they will stop being poor. They can, they can serve God. And we, we give them the gabay. And yung mga ganun, talagang, we pray, we, we have gratitude Mondays. Because the whole week, everyone's out. Eh. So I just try to catch people with them. And I think it's a very indirect blessing of the Truly Rich Club. Thank you so much. Just, just want to say that. I honor you for that, Jay Paul. You know, how many entrepreneurs actually look at the long-term welfare of their employees and what you're doing, you know, teaching them gratitude, teach, teaching them about, I mean, that's amazing. You know, when you're able to raise the dignity of, of a staff member and you're able to change their mindset to one of gratitude, things begin to change in their lives. You know, people say, abundance is a financial thing yes it is but it it involves so much more yeah. the way you think the way you look at the world the way you look at yourself you know yeah. all that you know you're you're able to do that you're running a, a ministry and i love it i mean it's because of you <laughs> i didn't know I, I will enjoy it i i was just really enjoying you know just doing talks and starting it trying it out more of it's i think that's the talk we're gonna preach it is the burden i want to enjoy because I, I see the blessing in it and I'd yeah. rather be quiet, you know, do my content, but seeing people's, I mean, we have a staff member. I'm sorry, it's becoming about me. We have a staff member that, you know, bought motorcycle because nakapag-ipon. So, mas madali na makapag-commute. So, parang, ah, Lord, thank you. Thank you for, yung ganun, thank you for this privilege wow. that we have this. The goal is to multiply it. Yeah. Even more. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Bo Trilly Rich Club, for that. For that influence that you've given people like me. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jerpa. How does it feel that through your business, because you are in multiple businesses, and I don't want to get into your other projects, but just this specifically, how does it feel, Brother Bo, that aside from just teaching people to be, re- to be financially literate, have financial freedom, when people come up to you and say, thank you, you helped me get out of debt. You've helped me become a millionaire. You've helped me become generous. How does it affect you inside as, as the entrepreneur, the leader of that group? People ask me that question a lot, Jay Paul. And my answer is, surprisingly, I don't think much about it. I really don't. If my social media is flooded with gratitude from people who say, I was inspired, I was blessed, I was helped. You know, I, I just say, thank God, thank God. But I don't really dwell on it. I don't know why. I, I've been thinking about why, but I don't know. I'm just looking for the next person that I want to help. I'm just thinking of, okay, there's thousands of other people there who, who need 
financial education, financial literacy, financial inspiration, financial system, financial. I'm just thinking, gosh, yeah, thank God for the opportunity to help these people. I'm so super grateful. But there's so much more people there. That's where I my thoughts are. Love and, it. Love it. I was thinking this while you were answering this. And because through the 13 years of the Truly Rich Club, it's been growing. But a lot of people don't know your hardship or all the failures or you've been in leadership roles since you were 13 and all those small things add up and compound to what you have now because people just see you hey Bo Sanchez even my neighbor said that like he watches you and like what you know brother Bo like yeah it's not looking awkward now um how has everything you've learned from Light of Jesus, your missions, your failed businesses, how does it add it to you so that everything you touch from 13 years ago and then become, from True the Rich Club, The Feast, growth in the end, people didn't see that ugly side of your, of your learning stages in life. They only saw Bo Sanchez in PICC, MOA Arena, okay na. But a lot of the people who know you didn't see the dirtier life. Pa. Yung dirtier meaning, you know, your, your hands were doing it mismo. Yeah. I tell people, you know, I've, I've got 18 businesses that I failed in. So people only see, oh, Truly Rich Club, successful, uh, Catholic Filipino Academy, successful, et cetera, et cetera. That, that's all they see, but they don't know that, wait a minute, I, I shed tears <laughs> when 18 of my businesses failed. Every single time, it was so painful to see, you know, all my money disappear. Even to this day, even when you say, okay, Truly Rich Club is successful, the other businesses are successful, people don't know that every day I'm, I'm fighting fires. Every single day, there's a fire that I need to fix, that I need to put out, and I need to say, okay, what's the root cause? How can we prevent this from happening? And so sometimes there's six, eight, ten fires going on all at the same time, and I'm saying to myself, okay, what are we going to do? And yes, it's tiring. Yes, it's difficult. So you're absolutely right, Jay Paul. People only see the finished product. They do not understand that it had to go through a lot of lab work, a lot of failure, a lot of experiments. And to this very day, you know, the only reason why we're existing is because we keep on innovating. And you know, Jay Paul, that the moment you say, I'm going to be innovating every day, that means that's equivalent to failure. You know, you have to keep on experimenting. You have to lose your time. You've got to lose your money. That's what we do. We always are innovating. We're always experimenting to this very day. And it's good. <laughs> if you yeah. love the process, you're okay. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And thank you for that. And yung line, innovating means failing every day. Hindi alam nun tao yung that one line costs so much emotionally, financially, and, and that learning curve. But yeah, it's true. It's, it's really true. What is amazing is that you created the culture for us to fail, to learn. And what, what is your advice for those who are aspiring entrepreneurs or new entrepreneurs? To, who's afraid of failure, of innovation, of all of those things? Yeah. Well, I always tell them, you know, your investment should be time, not money. So many times they're afraid of the failure because I'm a lucky pera, you know, my money, I'll, I'll lose all my money. No, make your failure small. 
And so the capital that you use should be something that you're willing to lose as much as possible because you know you're going to fail anyway in the first few tries. So my recommendation, you invest more time than money and then be willing to fall flat on the ground so that you're going to be able to start again. I always tell people, this is not a sprint. This is a marathon. And the idea is it's not even just one marathon. This is a hundred marathons that you have to run. So it's okay. You know, you, you just, you just have to go through the failure. When you give yourself the permission to fail, you also are giving yourself the permission to succeed. And when you tell somebody, look, I want you to fail seven times, one after another. So, so the, the new entrepreneur will say, what? You're crazy. No, no. Give yourself the permission to fail seven times in a row. But please, please learn from every failure. So invest more time than money. Fail quickly and fail many and fail, fail tiny. So those three ways of failing, be a master of it and uh, be so much better. Woo. And ganda. So with that, I just thought of another question related indirectly. I have experienced your leadership. I think more than anyone who interviews you, I have been led by you. And you're a very empowering leader. You trust people. You, you believe in them. And you're a person, Brother Bo, of who loves non-negotiables. And you see, you, you trust people so much. So in your business leadership or ministry leadership or just leadership as a whole, isa naman ng leadership, what are your negotiables and non-negotiables? I've seen you in like, non-negotiable ka, kunyari, medyo may onting delay sa ganito, okay lang. Pero may certain character values ka na hindi okay sa'yo. So I- I've seen you in different areas, but can you just share? Because I think that's very important for any, not just entrepreneur, but any human being or any leader to, to know their negotiable, non-negotiables. You know, you were talking about me being a leader and uh, under your leadership, I, I've uh, seen you grow so much, Jay Paul. Just wanted to tell the, this your audience, that you are um, a result of somebody who has not given up and who has remained humble. The distance that you have traveled from the day I met you to this day is phenomenal. <laughs> it's like you, <laughs> you've you. traveled to the moon and I honor you for that, uh, J-Paul. You're Thank amazing. You. Which brings me to answering your question. Non-negotiable for me is that in the same way that I'm growing, I need to believe that the other person is also growing. It's on a growth path. And so I need to believe that this person will be far better than where he is right now. If I don't believe in that, if I'm going to take this person at face value, then it's going to be, why bother? You know, the end product of a ministry or an operation or an organization or a business is not money. It's not the income. It's not even a great organization. It's actually seeing people in your team just grow and flourish. That for me is my ROI. My ROI is, and it's my non-negotiable, I want people in my team just to keep on growing emotionally, financially, spiritually. Just when I see that happen, it follows that the organization will grow. It follows that we will reach our goals sooner or later. (laughs) It (laughs) follows that if it's a business, the income will come as long as everyone in the team is given permission to grow. 
and experiment and fail and get training, etc. So that will be my non-negotiable. Um, if there's something else that comes to mind, it would be just seeing to it that the customer, the member, you know, continues to grow also. So there, there has to be for me, just loving the customer, loving your team member, loving all the stakeholders. So it, it requires a lot of selflessness, just saying, you know, I'm blessed and I know that the money will follow. You know, I, I don't even have to, to really be preoccupied or be obsessed with it as long as I just love the people in my team, love the customer. So good example when you were telling me that, you know, when a team member is late or is delayed in submitting something, you know, it's, it's actually saying to the person, look, you're better than that and uh, step up higher. This is where I leave it to the leader, how you want to sh share that message. Some leaders may be stronger, have a stronger personality, will actually say, you know, say it in a firmer way. That's fine if you want to do that and, and that works. Others will say it in a more, maybe in a less confronting way, but still send the message that, no, you're better than this, come up higher. So I leave that to the different leaders. Ganda, very uh, ganda ng sagot mo, brother. I mean, just I'm learning. I love from your books, from knowing you, from talks, from our discussion right now. I always notice that love is your currency. Love is always in the mix, and and we preach it a lot that business and ministry are very similar in a way of uh, taking care of people. It's, it's always, there's, there should be love. Hindi lang pera-pera, hindi lang numbers na ilan ba umuupo sa feast mo, ganyan, or whatever. How does, you know, ministry um, leadership and, and business leadership, saan siya nagiging similar and saan siya nagiging different? <laughs> That's a very good question. I love that. I think at its very core, they're the same. It should really be about love. It should really be about, you know, loving everyone in the in the circle, whether it be a supplier, whether it be a regulator. The regulator could be in the government or the, the, the SEC, the BAR, or it, the regulator could be in church, you know, the bishop or whatever. Loving the regulators, loving the customers, loving the team members, loving the investors if it's a business. You know, you just loving that entire circle loving every single person so that i think at the very core we are human beings whether it be in ministry or in a business and a human being whether you're in business or in ministry you're the same you're the same human being you're supposed to be a phenomenal human being you're supposed to be made in the image and likeness of god so you should operate on the same values i think what what would be different is really in terms of like the priorities of certain things like for business this is the financial sustainability maybe will rank higher in terms of the way you look at it. And yet, and yet it doesn't disappear in a ministry. In a ministry, you still have to look at the financial viability of the organization, except that maybe in terms of the time and the effort and the energy you focus on, it isn't that high in terms of like, uh, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to look. I'll tell you why, because in ministry, it's very possible that you can do a ministry without money. You can. I don't think you can do it in a business. By the identity and the nature of a business, it has to have some capital and, and there has to be some return. I've been studying economics 
when I was in college and when I was in high school, I totally did, do not understand, did not understand economics. Now I do a little bit that, you know, economics is really serving a broader mass of people and entrepreneurship is very important for the for the good of the country and the and the world and all of that stuff. So yes, ministry, there are some ministries that operate from a house, no money involved, all volunteers giving their time to the Lord and yeah, but a business would require uh, a little bit more attention on financial viability. That's right. You earn money. Why? Is it just because you want to earn money? No, the main goal is still to love a customer, to be able to continue loving the customer. Can you imagine, j Paul? you know, if I stop TRC, Truly Rich Club, right now, and my reason is this, I'm satisfied with all the money I earned, you know, all these 13 years. I've put my earnings in the in the stock market. I, I actually earn more now in the stock market than in my business. So bye, close doors. Can you imagine all the members will, will just say, hey, I thought this is a long-term relationship. Who's going to guide mm -hmm. me now in the stock market? Yeah. Who's going to encourage me and inspire me every month? You know, So it's not. It, it, the money is simply just to be able to make this a long-term service, hopefully for the rest of my life. And, and maybe, maybe if somebody is able to succeed me, you know, I can serve a generation, a second generation, a third generation of people. So I really, really hope that entrepreneurship, entrepreneurs get that. It's not about the money. It's about serving long term. So beautiful. Wow. Just want everyone, please marinate on that. <laughs> uh, so beautiful, Brother Bo. Thank you so much. My last question for the day before you wrap up is that there was one builders meeting. So for those who are watching and listening, we, we have a builders meeting. Used to be led by Brother Bo. Uh, now he just gives us the teaching. Thank you for your humility in that. There was one meeting. I mean, all our meetings are wonderful, but there was one meeting that, recent meeting, I think a year or two ago, that really, I think it started with Simon Sinek's Infinite Game. And you were saying about orders that are dying, they accepted it, and, and also you connected it to business. The problem with Western style of business is that number one now, but it only lasts 10 years, five years, 20, they, they close down. But you led us to like, or in the Eastern businesses like Japan and et cetera, companies are long, long-term good, like 100 years, 200 years, and they might not be top one all the time, but they're, they're still really good. And, and that really hit me because I don't know if it's the millennial in me that you just want to be cool, but it really humbled me thinking it's not about me. It's about serving those who I serve. So it made me reflect, okay, uh, how can I make the feast that I'm, I'm leading be viable for the next leaders? I can be taken out of this anytime. I can be put in another mission. How can I create a business that will provide for customers and provide for the employees even if I'm dead? So that's why it's still very clear in my head because that, that Tuesday really like turned a lot of paradigm shift for me. Can you expound more of that to those who are new in business or new in leadership or just want to start something? Because that really changed my life and, and I thank you for that. I remember, Jay Paul, I was reading about how some of our businesses now, especially now in the in Silicon Valley, 
where a lot of people just create a concept, let's say a new app. That's where the rage is now. Everyone is wants to build the cutting edge app and then from there raise money through venture capital. And so, you know, you've got, they start getting all the millions, they develop the app. And then the goal is to sell the business, to sell the business to Google, to sell the business to Facebook. So that has been the path of many people. And then, so we may not be in Silicon Valley, but we look at that as a model. Many young people look at that as a model and say, yes, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start a business. I have an exit plan and my exit plan is to sell it or my exit plan is this. And so when people ask me, and sometimes they do, they say, Brother Bo, what's your exit plan? <laughs> I smile and I say, I have no exit plan. I just want to build this business and just serve people. And and uh, I'll, I'll try to keep on growing, but I will only grow organically. I will not grow to the point, you know, sometimes because you they have certain goals that they want to meet where they're, they're going to sell the business to someone else. So they have to grow in a certain time frame. And so they're going to, you know, what's going to happen is they're going to have venture capital. They're going to borrow a lot of money. You know, maybe maybe people who are not in Silicon Valley businesses, they don't have venture venture investors or angel investors. But what they do is they borrow money and sometimes they borrow excessively. And sometimes they didn't, they can't get a loan from the bank, so they'll get to, sadly, loan sharks and other credit sources where the interest is very high. And so the cost of money will eat into their profit to the yeah. point that the, the business is, has so much pressure. The entrepreneur, the business owner has so much pressure to earn more money because mataas ang interest ng mga loans niya, and he's got all this pressure and and then you've got health problems you've got family problems i mean it's a domino effect yeah short-term thinking what you just mentioned a while ago and where does short-term thinking come from from all sorts of places it could be from insecurity of the entrepreneur let's forget about silicon valley models let's just think of someone a young person who starts his own business but sometimes he's so insecure he just keeps on comparing himself with his classmate who now has you know a 100 million peso business in three years. Um, Sha, you know, he has only one store. And so he can have the insecurity in his heart that will make him make wrong decisions. I'm going to grow fast. In Tagalog, I always tell people, pag nagmamadali ka, matitisod ka. You know, why not just grow organically? Why don't you just take your time? You know, I'm not saying slow. That's the opposite. No, I'm just saying be steady. Be steady. Keep on growing in your own organic pace because this is long-term. This is 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, maybe your whole lifetime. I tell entrepreneurs, enjoy the journey because uh, if you don't enjoy the journey, it'll just be all this pressure that's there at your back and it's going to squeeze you and you will have sleepless nights. And if this is going to be a marathon, then take it easy. Yeah. Enjoy each day, you know, and enjoy the mistakes. <laughs> enjoy. Enjoy the failures and then you'll arrive. Don't worry. You'll, wow. you'll be happy. So beautiful. Thank you so much, Brother Bo. So powerful. And yeah, thank you so much. Can you close with just a message for yeah, anything you want to say, especially for those who just want to be financially free, start a business, just be a, a good person while doing it? That's right. That's right. You know, the Truly Rich Club's target market is people who are good and you know you're good 
And you know that you want to be close to God, but you also want to prosper because not for yourself, but by the mere fact that you're a good person, I know you want to help others. So I'm speaking to you right now, my dear friend, whoever you are watching this or listening to this podcast, you know who you are. I'm really going to encourage you. Be the best that you can ever become because it's not about you. Grow so that you can serve more people and grow in your finances so you can be able to be more generous. Prosper so that you can prosper others. If you want some guidance, feel free. You know, uh, Jay Paul will, has a link he can share to you and you can, you can join the Truly Rich Club. More than investing, learn about the right financial mindset. Develop a healthier relationship with money. That's what you need to have. Learn about entrepreneurship also. That'll be my recommendation to you. If you, you want to start a business, then there. I've, I've already said that, but I'll, I'll say it again. Look for a way to serve people. Is there a pain point that you want to address? I started Truly Rich Club because there was a pain point that I wanted to address. There were so many good people, my friends, who were languishing in terms of their finances and suffering badly, and I, I wanted to help them. So it is because of that pain point that I wanted to solve that Truly Rich Club was born. Um, I hope that you discover the pain point that you want to solve and go for it. Uh, my prayers are with you. Wow, so beautiful. Thank you, Brother Bo, for that. And Brother Bo doesn't like to promote himself so much, but please, everyone who's watching, go to Bo Sanchez, Instagram, everywhere, on all social media platforms, trulyrichclub.com, trc.ph, or Google him, and he's going to pop up there or just join any feast. He preaches in Feast PICC. Um, he, you know, he's my leader and just so thankful for him in my life. For not just him, but Sister Maru, how they've blessed my marriage more than anything, more than the business and leadership learnings, how they have blessed our marriage. That's I mean, that's really more that's priceless. So thank you so much, Brother Bo, for that. And thank you everyone for joining us for this podcast and i know you learned something listen to it over and over again so that you take notes and just email me if you have questions and you just want to know more and i pray for god's favor in your life and the best is yet to come god bless you again next time thank you god bless you